Welcome to the show. The news team is here. Even though, actually, none of us are literally news team people. No. But you know what? We're still just as qualified. I keep an eye. I keep an eye on the news. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. The mm. Kings. Jay King, Andrew oh, King. Oh, shit, again. We're not related. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. We have your news of the week. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about this situation at the Initiative this is uh, Microsoft's first-party studio that's currently developing Perfect Dark. I guess you could say they were developing Perfect Dark because yeah, there's going nobody really left. Well over there, like yeah. the sounds of it. Like, so yeah, over maybe a year, we've had like five or six stories about high-profile people leaving the initiative, and now uh, so somebody's done a little research, and it looks like. Like maybe half of the people left. Maybe the initiative is down to just like thirty people. That list is yeah. extensive. Like the amount of yeah. people who have left that studio. And we know that another studio has been brought in to help Perfect Dark at this point. Actually, this happened a while ago, right? Yeah, Crystal yeah. Dynamics Chris, was announced yeah. to be on the project like shortly after it was announced. I think. Right. Yeah, Which... the makers of Avengers and before that the Tomb Raider trilogy of Which is yeah. not a Microsoft studio. No. So Microsoft took people from Square and I think a former somebody from Crystal to make this studio uh, in 2018. And to make the initiative or to make Yeah, okay. to make the initiative. Yeah. Uh, so this was like a this was like a super team of industry veterans put together to make Perfect Dark. Yeah. And it's completely fallen apart. Um, yeah. So I guess a couple things to pull from this. One, who cares about Perfect Dark anyway? That's a good question because there's only been two games and neither of them are that good. Like, Yeah, people really love that N64 game, but that's over 20 years old at this point. Um, the big takeaway for me is like this narrative that like Microsoft is going to save activision blizzard that activision blizzard has such a huge culture problem and now mm -hmm. and now microsoft's investment is going to save them and then we turn around a few months later and microsoft has the a first fire they can hardly oversee their first fucking studio <laughs> yeah game yet. it's like guys it's don't completely falling apart they couldn't get one studio to, uh to work couldn't even make a shoot uh, with a lady in it like... <laughs> what's what is happening i, I don't know the report suggested a lot of the creative vision or like the authority on that project was coming down from was coming from the top from people mm. who had been cited as being like not too good to work with or like they would oversee far too much that there wasn't a lot of like autonomy or freedom within within the studio and i think that's why a lot of people left on mass because perhaps it was clear like this project isn't hugely far along like it was announced in 2018 i imagine production is they're probably midway through and now maybe people are seeing how this thing is shaking up shaping up like this isn't maybe not something they want to be doing so a lot of people have left because they don't agree with where the project is going that seems to yeah. be the vibe i'm getting mm -hmm. yeah i it seems equal parts creative and cultural yeah which it is always a story yeah it seems like the boy band approach to making a studio doesn't work super well. You know, when, like, you have the 
corporation that is saying, okay, we're going to put you together and make a game. Like it seemed like Stadia was also trying that. Yeah. To get their AAA games off the ground and totally, the, there's problems. One in that you're, you know, trying to, you know, find chemistry by hiring people that have not had experience working together, and B that you're, you know, from the moment that you've hired all those people, then they can start, you know, working on a game. So it just means that, like in Stadia's case, it was especially a problem because they were like. They're going to develop for Stadia, and the reality of AAA was that that meant that game would be coming out like five years down, down the line. It seems like the initiative is having similar problems to what we've seen over at Bioware with the team that's working on Dragon Age, the next Dragon Age. Yeah. that They've seen a ton of creative turnover, and with Bioware, it's like, you know, they're all studio that's been around for a long time and so you know some of those things you could sort of excuse with you know well if they are looking for a new project they'd been in the AAA, you know grind working for this studio for decades and they want to go do something else and sure it sort of is different with the initiative which was made specifically to get this game out the door and now seems to be handing over development primarily to crystal dynamics so I don't know. I don't know if there will be an initiative after this game ships, I guess, because, you know, hemorrhaging half of your staff while you're putting out your first game doesn't seem to bode well for the future, but... Oh, this studio... No, this studio is closing 100%. They're just going to quietly... There's not going to be an announcement. It's just going to stop existing. Yeah. I think that's Uh, likely, yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. I I think it, it's. I don't know why. I it feels a little bit sunk cost at this point to, you know, bring in Crystal Dynamics and tr- try to make this game that nobody really seems to care that much about. Mm. I mean, we haven't gotten any communication from Microsoft about what's happening at all. Like, if they're going through a soft reboot, like Metroid, like Metroid mm-hmm. Prime Four or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? And nothing else since it was announced, maybe in 2020 or 2019. But yeah, and I imagine it's going to be forever before we see anything from this game. Yeah, right? especially now. Yeah. Uh, bizarre situation. Yeah. Um, okay, Elden Ring. Have you heard of this? No. Yes, I'm. I'm playing it. I'm playing that game. Uh, I've not heard of it. <laughs> is on. Is on Switch. Uh, yeah, Elden wish. Ring, twelve million sales already, yeah. and that, that's, that, that's that's a big number. That's way more than I thought. Like, yeah, I have a little list here of some very fast-selling games, just to kind of put that in context. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, nothing is comes even close to this. Grand Theft Auto Five, mm. uh, on the first day. Of release September seventeenth, twenty thirteen, eleven million. How much did? How much do you have Red Dead's numbers? Because Red Dead Two's numbers? Because I feel like that game got hyped as like the largest entertainment launch in history, but I don't know what the numbers for it were. Red Dead was ten million in two days. Okay, uh, which is also yeah, 
which is also buck wild. Uh, so this Elden Ring thing is huge. Like we don't see this every year. We don't see this every couple of years necessarily. Even like, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know, not a sequel, not a franchise. Unless I mean, it's easy to say like that. Dark Souls itself as a genre is the franchise, right? Um, but which it, I guess it, that would be more accurate. I guess. I mean, it is yeah. kind of true, but it's like it doesn't have the Dark Souls name on the box, you know? So it's like normies that are not paying attention to games culture in the way that we are and are still getting all of that, you know, like they are not going in and seeing a name that they recognize from previous games. They're seeing a name that they recognize from hearing about it, you know, from hearing about this game specifically and being hyped for this game specifically. Yeah. Um, So some recent... Uh, numbers we can compare uh animal crossing new horizons did 11 almost 12 in about 11 days yeah um, I can see that. it did 13 in its first six weeks i think i was looking up today didn't cyberpunk do 14.3 million in its launch month so from in the month of december 2020 it sold 14.3 million um the only cyberpunk stat I have is that it did five million just in pre-orders. Okay. Um, yeah, so it is still the fastest selling PC game of all time. Cyberpunk. Yeah, people were very excited for that game. It had one million concurrence the night that it launched. Yeah. Not anymore. Just on Steam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Skyrim did ten million in its first month. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's the level that we're talking about for Elden Ring. Like this is a Skyrim Grand Theft Auto five size game. It is. Mm -hmm. I think it's very much, you said it's not in the same, like it's in the same lineage as Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro and games like that. And it feels like it's the culmination of that success. Like Mm -hmm. this is what From Software has been building towards. Yes, it's a new IP technically, but it comes from that lineage where it has that brand recognition that mm-hmm. people, a lot of people it's a combination of millions of people being hyped for this game and knowing what to expect and newcomers seeing the hype materialize both in just marketing the game awards and stuff like that and like dipping their feet in to see what it's all about i think it's a combination of both of those factors reaching fever pitch like because mm-hmm. this is this is blowing everything from software has ever done out of the water like both in terms of sales and like cultural impact like this is all over tiktok twitter facebook everything in ways that really i didn't haven't seen a game like that for a a good while like goodness yeah like um i know that it overshot bandai namco's expectations by like twice as much in what they'd expected to sell in its first month yeah i think they expected like five or six million in the first month and it hit 12 million in two weeks it's it's wild. That's why now in the on the website they're like, "This is the start of a franchise. We're gonna build it out outside of games, within games." So you can tell they're looking at this success and seeing dollar signs in their eyes. Like, mm-hmm. what else can we do with Elden Ring? And that kind of worries me. But also, like, hopefully, From Software is has has enough agency where it can decide on what it wants to do instead of running Elden Ring into the ground. Right. They've been sort of interesting that way in that they have, you know, embraced Dark Souls being a franchise, but, you know, 
with their other games. Like Bloodborne did very well. Sekiro did very well. You know, they but they have not sequelized those games. Yeah, Sony has the rights to Bloodborne as well, so it's very much right. a case of if they don't fund it, it's not going to get made. Right. I don't know much about FromSoft as a company, but does this does this provoke a massive upscale? Like, do we see them like double in size next year and start working on you know three games at once? Or I don't know because I think they're already quite a sizable studio. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not EA or fucking Ubisoft or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I could definitely see them doing that, like maybe upsizing and splitting into two teams, like Naughty Dog does, because. There's right. a rumor that Miyazaki is now working on a new Armored Core, so mm. there's nothing stopping them from getting two teams. Maybe one, the, the director of Dark Souls 2 or the co-director of Elden Ring might like take on a spin-off project or a sequel or an expansion while they do something else over here. That's what you'd ideally like to see happen. I may be wrong about this, but I thought they already were working in two teams because I had heard that Elden Ring was in development while Sekiro was in development. Yeah. It might just be that Elden Ring was like in pre-production when Sekiro was in, you know, active development, but Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Bloodborne was being worked on concurrently with Dark Souls 2 because that's one of the core reasons why Miyazaki didn't direct. He more oversaw the project and that's why it had a bit of a troublesome production because it was a case mm-hmm. of I think that was when they were getting bigger after the success of Dark Souls and they realized oh, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to manage these larger kind of projects because we're getting bigger. And I feel like Elden Ring, maybe they've figured out that pipeline, but now it's gotten bigger again. So who knows what's going to happen. They sort of are, unlike very many companies working in AAA, and the Elden Ring came out three years after Sekiro, Sekiro came out three years after Dark Souls 3, but those are the longest breaks that they have taken since Dark Souls 1 came out. Like, Dark Soul, or Bloodborne was 2015, Dark Souls 3 was 2016, and then, I forget, what year did Dark Souls 2 come out? Was it 2013 or 2014? 2014? So yeah, they were doing one a year for a few years there, and now, like, their longer breaks are three years, which is, you know... Like, if we compare them to, like, you know, Guerrilla Games making Horizon, you know, putting out a sequel to Horizon, it was five years later. Nintendo's putting out a sequel to Breath of the Wild this year, I, you know, ideally, and that's five years later. God of War, Ragnarok, if it comes out this year, it'll be four years later. So, you know, they work fast. It seems like they have a pipeline that they... Yeah, they reuse a lot of assets but in a creative right. way. Like, there's a lot of Dark Souls 3 stuff in... Elden Ring, but it's it's used in such a way that you don't notice. Like they've very much got that, as he said, like a an asset pipeline, where they can not like make production, kind of like make production smoother, I suppose. Yeah, but they're not like iterating upon new engines and new ideas all the time. They're just like building upon what they already have. Right. I think it is interesting to have a game like Elden Ring, which is ostensibly part of a new series, but then has so much Dark Souls in it like the you died screen being identical to the you died screen in the dark souls games it just is interesting that they don't feel like they have to reinvent the wheel every time they put out a game that is a new ip they are you know very consciously and obviously building on what came before in a way that i don't see 
other studios being willing to own up to doing it seems like you know you know a lot of it for it can you imagine mm, like a lot of it just seems like an area yeah i i that's exactly what i was gonna say a lot of it just seems like really smart asset reallocation yeah exactly (laughs) just straight up being thrifty i think like you know horizon obviously like there was that tweet that was you know like Oh, come on. It's like a total rescan when they, with the gif of Aloy jumping off of a tower and throwing her rope. Yeah. Mm, same with the boat zero. god of war. Yeah. And like, it just seems like FromSoft is not at all afraid of getting called out on that kind of stuff. And people don't really seem to, you know, be mad about that because they do it in such a creative way. Like, I don't, I, I feel like even if you don't do it in a creative way, I don't care about that because it's like, why would you reinvent the wheel every time you make a game? Yeah. But FromSoft does do it in creative ways that make it so that when they're reusing assets, they're doing it in a way that is contextualizing it in a completely different way so that you don't really notice it. February releases, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. All For generations, at least in going back to the 70s, you know, there was seasons for film summer blockbusters the christmas movie and it was all based around the idea of when people had free time mm-hmm. kids were out of school in the summer families were together at christmas and movies are two hours long it's like oh when do people have time to fit in a movie better release yeah. it in july right and now elden ring is like an 80 hour game and they're just like i it's what well, anytime it they does not matter any fuck, day. like february <laughs> yeah february had oh my god uh, Horizon, Dying Light, Destiny, Sifu, Elden Ring, like f- February. Yeah. Like who, what? I feel like that started happening like 2017 was when I first noticed it because Resident Evil 7, Yakuza 0, and um, Neo all came out around the same time in 2017. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just seems like it's like more, I mean... It's a it's an end of the fiscal year thing, right? Yeah, I, I feel like that must be part of it. Why we see, our, and and I think like like you said, people just start playing games all year round. So yeah, there's no reason not to, especially when you can see a game release in February and do the numbers that Elden Ring is doing. It's like there is no optimal time to release a game. It seems like people are going to buy them if they're interested any time yeah. of year. Seems like it. And strangely, the summer has become one of the slowest times of the year. That's true, yeah. I feel like summer is sort of for announcing games now more than it is for releasing games. Like, it, right. There's a ton of news for us to cover, but it's just, you know, the announcements. And then we have it's to wait till the, the fall. holidays, isn't it? Like, yep. summer is here's all the, here's all these games that are coming February next year or mm-hmm. just before Christmas. Right. Yeah. Um. So we had a Dead Space live stream, uh, a few days ago. Mm. Um. And there wasn't that much we got out of it, but we did get a release window. Okay. Uh, I didn't see this. In fact, we got a release window from VentureBeat a day before the stream, and then they announced it in the stream. So I don't know if that was a reaction uh, or if they were planning to announce this all along, but it is no longer coming out in 2022. Um, And I don't recall if that was... Like, if the first trailer said 2022, or 
um, if it just internally was planned for 2022. But at one point, it for sure was coming out this year. Now it is not. Now it is coming I thought out. it was early production when they announced that thing. Like, yeah, because they showed that it was out in 2023. They yeah. showed that video like showing off the, you know, gameplay and that was like in a gray box environment. So it mm-hmm. seemed like it was pretty early days, but I guess they were shooting for 2020. I thought th- I don't yeah, think e- that that had been announced. I thought that was just internally they were shooting for 2020. Yeah, e- EA was targeting a late 2022. Um the the stream revealed early 2023. So we assume that means first 3 months. Uh, of next year yeah um it was an audio developer live stream where okay. they announced that release window and which <laughs> leads me to believe that they only did it because venture b reported it yeah um so there's that there was uh the only thing um the only thing that seemed to come out of that was this alive system Adrenaline, limbic system response, intelligent dialogue, vitals, and exertions. Alive. (laughs) (laughs) They spent ages on a whiteboard trying to think of words. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a system that will that will determine the state of Isaac's dialogue. So based on those factors there are different audio tracks. So I guess they're making this poor guy record the entire script three or four times. They do it in Spider-Man, depending on if you're yeah. singing or not. Like, if you're walking, Peter Parker. Oh, what did they call it in that? No, the, they, they didn't call it The nothing. slinger? The slinger <laughs> system? <laughs> the slinger yeah. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if Isaac is normal, fatigued, or injured... Uh, he will have different deliveries of his lines. Uh, and they showed a little bit on the stream, and, you know, good, fine. Video games. It's funny to go to three times as much dialogue as needed when he was a silent protagonist in the original game. It's just like the polar opposite end of the spectrum. Last of Us did this too, right? Did they? Yeah, I think so. The new well, one, Last had, of Us Part yeah. Two. In the new one, yeah, I think Elliot would be like tired. Mm. He'd be like, "I gotta avenge Joel." <laughs> I think that's mostly what she said. I killed so many revenge. Okay. I kill you. Yes, it was the revenge revenge system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Dead Space. Same. I love that. I played. We played it quite recently. It still holds up. You can play it. You can absolutely play it. It's on Game Pass, too. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good oldie to go back to. I was saying... The other day, day it was either going to be Dead Space or Enslaved, and I'd never played Enslaved. Mm. So now I'm playing Enslaved. Mm. Is that on Game Pass? It's not, no. Okay. Is it backwards compatible on Xbox? Yes. Okay. I do not know. I'm playing it on Steam. Uh, it has terrible uh, settings on Steam, but I made it work. Mm. That's a that's a buckwild game. Uh, okay, what else? So this may be related, not to Enslaved, but to Dead Space. Mm. EA EA has canceled this year's EA Play 
This is the summer live stream that was once part of E3, then became at the same time as E3, then became a couple weeks before or after E3, mm-hmm. uh, and now is uh, not a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, EA Play was always a weird one. I feel like when EA was part of E3, it was always the worst showcase yeah, it absolutely, absolutely was the worst showcase mind. yeah it would be like way too way too much battlefield mm-hmm. and some years it was just like here's what's new in the old battlefield uh-huh. i remember watching it one year and it was like i i think i wanted jedi fallen order news but they spent like you know a half hour on like sims expansion packs and like that's fine for people that are interested in those games, like I don't, I I am happy for them to get information, but it just is when it's like the one time of year that people are paying attention to just your company. It's not my favorite thing to see. Yeah. Know? Then they'd get a they'd get a footballer out to yeah. talk about FIFA or a football player from Madden. Uh, they'd have like a slideshow of a Bioware game that's coming in about seven years time. Uh, like we're making it; it's gonna be shit. Don't worry. Like they, they'd remind us that that was coming. They'd be all poetic about like, oh, this is gonna be. We're going to the final frontier. We're really pushing the capabilities of RPGs, and then it's like, yeah. and it's like, oh, never mind. We were <laughs> <lying> that <laughs> they did it with Adam, yeah, and that was bizarre. So then they started doing the that outdoor one that was like across the street. Yeah. Uh, EA Play Live. And this this was typically like Apex would be like the headliner. And it would just be like, here's the next. Let's talk about the next season and reveal the new character. Yeah. I think they did this like two years in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they would talk about Battlefield again. And now they're just not going to do it. And that's yeah. probably fine. I yeah. think so. What are we? I don't think we're gonna miss anything. I went to the one in 2019, and when I was in LA for E3, and that was Greg Miller was there, like presenting mm. the whole thing. It was all quite bizarre. There was a lot of kiosks, and you couldn't play anything. <laughs> there was an anthem kiosk, and no one was giving mm. up for it. And yeah. It was quite sad. But even the news coming out of it, like there was a Fallen Order trailer, the new Apex season, and FIFA. There wasn't really anything else to show. Yeah, yeah, we just had we we've got Need for Speed, or we just had Need for Speed. Did we? We're about to have Need for Speed. I shouldn't have even started this. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm probably um, making one, making new burnout. Yeah, <laughs> there's three respawn Star Wars games. Yeah, so I guess they're not far enough along to talk about or something. But I'm pretty mm. sure Fallen Order is supposed to come out this year, the next one. Really? That's what I I'd heard. I heard this year. I heard it was supposed to get announced this summer and released this fall. Is the plan for it? Ambitious. Um, but maybe not if EA is not even going to do a stream. Um, of know. course, I... any, any EA thing could be part of another showcase. So. Yeah, they could show up at Microsoft, like just yeah. instantly. I feel like, you know, corporate consolidation is bad, but consolidating multiple corporations presentations is good. Good. Very yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it yeah. into one two hour show. Honestly, yeah. even when I wasn't writing about games, I liked it better that way. 
needs to it's be. just it's yeah. more exciting mm-hmm. i i don't the segmenting up to separate shows for every different publisher is so like masturbatory and like it was it doesn't do anything for... we just had sony microsoft nintendo and, and yeah. ubisoft and ea and all the other fuckers were kind of just blended yeah. into into the free and that was amazing but now mm-hmm. square enix has one for no reason ubisoft has had one for years i guess and mm-hmm. ea always was a bit unnecessary i felt like when the one E3 that we've had since um, Bethesda was acquired by Xbox, that showcase was pretty great because they had a ton to show. Mm-hmm. And like Bethesda would have a lot less to show without Xbox, and Xbox would have a lot less to show without Bethesda. So it's nice to see those get smushed together. And now with yeah. Activision in there, it's going to be even more. And it's like if they weren't all together. Yeah, You know, like, obviously, those corporations all being consolidated together is bad. It's bad for the industry. It just is, like, a better show when they're all together. We had a Yacht Club Direct this year. <laughs> that was bizarre. Like, And they're still kickstarting stuff. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about E3, but, like, that was a way better setup for players for people that care about this stuff like it is not it has not been great since since uh since we lost e3 no it just is like the whole summer (laughs) yeah we're sorry e3 please come back pull one out with the la convention center they they burned it down when e3 (laughs) yeah i would honestly be fine with e3 dying as long as keely is ready to step up to the plate you know like i feel like I don't care who does it. I just would like to see everything consolidated at one time rather than spread out all across the summer. So it's oh, always no. new season. And it's never new season. The game awards makes me want to top myself. Like <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I want Keely to be helping every single big thing. Yeah. Well, but if you, if Keely does it, then you're going to have Muppets come out to present awards, and you know, yeah. I feel like the game awards are really just Keely's id on like a huge scale you know everything that keely is interested in gets involved somehow so so e3 is coming back digital this year we there was some speculation that because the live event was canceled that there was going to be no e3 at all but Mm -hmm. but just like last year we're getting the virtual version uh which was kind of painful last year uh i was covering that every day and there was just some like really bad lulls. We did a whole like Amico in television thing for like 40 minutes. We mm-hmm. did like a big NFT, like Blanco's Black Party thing for a while. Like there was just some pretty brutal parts of that show. Um, mm-hmm. It's happening again. Uh, interestingly, Microsoft just announced. I don't, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say Microsoft announced. There is a Xbox showcase happening around E3 time. Well, just now. This is reportedly, according to Grub. Oh, mm. boy. According to Grub, Grub, Xbox will be holding an E3-style conference in June, which yeah. the only thing I can think then is that that means Microsoft is not part of E3. They mm-hmm. weren't last time, though, were they? They they very much just use their theater or they'll host their own like virtual press conference, like away from the E3 portal. There was a Microsoft part 
of E3 last time during the digital thing, if I remember okay. correctly. But now this time the the mic uh, Xbox is separate, PlayStation is separate. There's no EA. So what we can expect, I guess, is like Ubi, Square, Sega, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You think Sega will do one? Uh, oh, not a stream. No. <sighs> They'll hitchhike on someone else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not, not even as a purely digital event. It certainly is not the E three that we know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm already exhausted by the idea. We know Summer Games Fest will be back. We're just in a bit of a lull, I guess. Elden rings out. We don't have much going on until E3. Like we don't really even know that much about what's coming out this year. Like yeah. I, I, I think there must be a lot of things that are coming out this year we don't know about yet. That's always I the felt case like... around this time of year. Like June yeah. will be the time when about four or five big games will suddenly emerge in the calendar. Right. We didn't even know about Guardians until E3 last year. No, we didn't. That's true. That came out yeah. In October. Yeah. I felt like going into this year, I had a ton of stuff that I was looking forward to, and now it's March, and I feel like ninety percent of that stuff is already out. And yeah, so I don't know what is gonna, you know, who knows what the rest of the year is gonna look like. I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we know about that we just don't have release dates for, like Breath of the Wild sequel and God of War Ragnarok. Like those are supposed to come out this year. We have no idea when they will. So. Yeah, I guess that's what we're waiting for, is for somebody to confirm when we'll get those games. The last thing I wanted to bring up, and we don't have much details about this, but I want to say it now before it turns into something later. Mm. Uh, This Xbox Datamine codename Keystone. Mm. Anybody hear about this? No, what is this? Okay, so a... A Xbox data miner dug into files, system files on the Xbox, found a codename Keystone, and it happened to be in line with all the other system codenames like Scarlet and Durango. Uh, and it is in the the file system for products, you know, just mm-hmm. like all the other consoles would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we can imagine that Keystone is what Xbox X Pro, yeah, or I something. Guess. I mean, it seems early. I I don't know. I mean, maybe it could be their own portable Xbox. You know, since Nintendo has one and Steam has one, maybe Xbox wants to get a portable console so that's, of their own. That's what I am interested in because, like, we see. We see Xbox getting more and more into the service game rather than the hardware game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a a Game Pass machine, an xCloud machine, uh, that sounds like something interesting. I, yeah. I would be very surprised. I, obviously, yes, it's early. But eventually, there will be a PS5 Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, maybe we see an Xbox Series Pro as just a competitor for that, but it would still surprise me a bit. How late into the console cycle last time did PS4 Pro 
and Xbox One X come out. I feel like that was like 2016, late. Yeah, that sounds right. It was before Horizon, so it was roughly about three years into the cycle. Okay, so we're a year and a half into this current cycle. So, I mean, it's not too early for them to be like, you know, thinking about that stuff or like, like trademarking it or whatever, but it does seem like we're probably a year and a half or two years away from something like that getting released. Right. Well, and that's how these like project keywords start anyway. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was, we knew about Scarlet years before we knew about Xbox Series X. Right. What was the code name for 1X? Scorpio? (laughs) Is that what it was? Yeah. Scorpio sounds right. Because I remember people having like, you know, you know, Xbox fanboys on Twitter, like having like Scorpio and their username or whatever. Although our report says Durango was the Xbox one, which honestly doesn't sound familiar to me. No, I believe Luhai. Um, Yeah. So, you know, maybe you heard it here first. Who knows? Keystone could be uh, a word you hear a lot more. Mm. Uh about the xbox but we so, will see so if you search project scorpio that redirects to xbox one x so it looks like that was the so what's Dur- what's durango maybe that was the series x code name that was the original no, scarlet was x plus one durango oh maybe because when you look on the code base in on a console it's i think it's scorpio or something's been optimized or it's durango space xbox one sdk Mm. uh hey we don't have any video game movies to talk about this week are you sure i looked uh we do have a sonic 2 trailer it looks real good like i i haven't seen the first one though i just i I absorbed these movies through the trailers (laughs) (laughs) i haven't watched the trailer but i saw that the poster is recreating the sonic the hedgehog 2 that is very cool yeah that's a good poster that is very cool and i saw that on i saw on twitter that like side by side of all the different versions of tales we've seen from like the trailers and from the post credit scene in the first one and it looks better now than ever before Mm. Like that's one thing you definitely have to give them credit for is refining these character designs. Yeah. Uh, in a pretty impressive way. I guess that's pretty much that's pretty much the only thing though. I looked and you know, there's always rumors, but we actually for one week we, we did six weeks in a row of hey, this game is becoming a movie or TV show. Like I didn't yeah. think it was ever gonna end. And I'm sure we'll be back next week. But I mean, Halo is dropping soon. The first episode of Halo, right? Yes, we will be talking about Halo. I think I want to say week? next week. Yeah, yeah it's on the twenty fourth. I think the first mm. two episodes drop. Yeah, twenty fourth. Ne- it's like end of next week, middle of next week. Next week we've got Halo and we've got Ghostwire Tokyo. This week, uh, as in right now, we've right got now. Final Fantasy. Origins colon Paradise No. Alright, Stranger of Paradise. Final Stranger Fantasy of Paradise. Origins. There is no colon, which is heresy. Wait a second. Why, Dying Light 2 did that too. It's Dying Light 2, Stay Human, no Dying colon. Dying Light 2, Stay Human. You're ruining yeah. my SEO. Technology. In Horizon, both Horizon games don't have a colon. No, they don't. 
messed up every time. The the worst offender is uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. That yeah, oh, I gave it. Stop yeah. it. Okay, <laughs> this is Strangers of Paradise: Final Fantasy Origins. Is that right? Yeah. Stranger of Paradise: Final. Wait. Yeah. Strang- that. Yeah. It's <laughs> Stranger of Paradise first. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. We're very yeah. excited to talk about Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Black is it as chaotic as you hope, Jay? It seems Wait, like it's, it's, it's not Origins, it's just Origin. Origin. Okay. Yeah. Singular. It seems like the naming conventions at least are chaotic. Does that chaos extend to the game? It's all 100%. about chaos. Yeah, it is. It's about killing chaos, finding mm. chaos. We doing... will I haven't finished it yet. You might do other things to chaos. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll kill chaos. How's that sound? Excellent. Be right back. Welcome back. We have uh, Meg Palicio. Hello. Hello. Our Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin No Colon reviewer. Four out of five stars, Meg? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was surprised by how much I liked it in the end. Because I don't surprised. really like Yeah, I don't really like Souls games or anything like that. Mainly because I suck at them. But there was just Is that the best it. comparison? Like if, no, if you close your eyes, it's Souls-ish? Nah. It's, yeah, it's it's not, but they I think they build it as Souls like. So that's okay. why I keep Absolutely. saying it. Um but it's yeah, it's really not. It's not it's not that hard. It, yeah, what, Jade's right. What did you say, Jade? Yeah. Neo? Yeah, yeah. It's, it runs on the Neo engine. Like from I don't know what Neo is. Neo 1 and 2? The N I O H. You can't just say 1 and 2. Yeah, you know. You haven't heard of Neo? Team, it's by the same team. Team Ninja, who made Neo, made Stranger of Paradise. I don't know. I This sounds like a game you've made up. N-I-O-H. Are you, I can't you tell if you're it. like pulling a oh. leg. I can't tell if you're fucking with us. Yeah. You must know yes. what this is. I know, I know Neo. I was thinking like the Matrix Neo. N-E-O. Oh, no. Got nah, it. Nah, it's said Got the it. same. Well, is Neo not uh, Souls-like? Oh, it is absolutely. This okay, is, I'd say and this, this is, is a neo like, but it's yeah, that's the way to put it. Okay, this is a bizarre game. Yes. Oh, it's batshit. Like utterly, utterly nonsensical. It's a part of its charm. It's <laughs> yeah, a, it's I a isekai so. thing. No, I don't know. Is it Meg? I don't want to spoil anything. Like that's a spoil. <laughs> like, just the genre? Oh, I don't think it is. It's just these three dudes. They rock up in this fantasy world. <laughs> They're all wearing fucking button-up tops and trainers and jeans, and the game doesn't explain any of it. <laughs> it's just like it's, it's quite convoluted. I think some people oh. look at it and they think it's just a mess, but and it there is method to it. And if you collect all the extra logs and stuff, you get more background on it. Um, but it's like trying to um explain i don't know inception to someone it's not for the record it's not inception but you know (laughs) like you know there's like layers to it and you could almost like interpret things different ways it's like that um so i'm trying to not comment on it too much to people who are like midway through it (laughs) because i'm like get to the end and then we'll talk about it (laughs) (laughs) okay but it this is set in the world of the original final fantasy right yes 
Kind of. That's they they kind they, of. they were <laughs> Who knows? the team were like specifically <laughs> it's not a remake, it's not like a sequel, it they just use the first game as a motif kind of thing. Oh my god. What can you tell me about this game? Definitively. I need some facts. You should play it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why should I play it? Because it's it's just I don't it, it's just enjoyable. It's funny. Um it is cheesy, but it's not like so cheesy you want to put it down. There is an incredibly cheesy bit near the end that I can't wait for people to get to just so I can be like that bit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I, story I you're connected it. to more than anything. No, the thing I liked about it the most, um, I'm not going to lie, is that like most of the dungeons are, are based on an area from other Final Fantasy games, which I just, I absolutely love fan service. I am a sucker for anything Final gotcha. Fantasy, so yeah. I was sold on that. <laughs> Final Fantasy, as an sort of an outsider, like I've played a few. I've played 7 Remake, I've played 13. I'm a dabbler. Uh, but it seems to me like all of this stuff is like pretty standalone despite being numbered in a serialized way. And yet yeah. it all feels connected and like unapproachable. And like, if you're not in it, you're, you're not going to get it. I think you can fans, enjoy it like... like as a standalone non final fantasy fan, but I think mm -hmm. you'll get more out of it. If you are a final fantasy fan. Mm. Why? Because otherwise you're not going to get all those references. You're just going to go, oh, I'm in some fiery place and take it at face value. <laughs> I think this will be harder to stomach if you aren't at least somewhat in on the joke of like how silly Final Fantasy can be. Right. But it's it's the sensibilities, right? It's not the yeah. characters there's or a lot the of like, plots or worlds. There's a lot of like jargon in here that stems from Final Fantasy. It assumes to get the most out of like a lot of its enemy designs and tropes and level design it it require it's expecting fans to come in and go oh i recognize that i recognize this essentially using the first game as a motif like that game's plot is very simple compared to the later games so they can very much like put these bunch of dipshits into this world and just like send them off on a merry adventure while both like subverting what final fantasy is while also very much leaning to how leaning into how silly it can be because I think the director of this game did Dirge of Cerberus on the PS2, yeah. which is not a good game. <laughs> but in terms of like, it followed in the footsteps of Advent Children and did so much silly stuff with the lore and the characters. Like it wasn't afraid to just, it was the good kind of cheesy where you're like, okay, I can lean into this anime nonsense. And it feels yeah. like Stranger of Paradise is in the same vein, at least from what I've played so far. I'm only a few hours in. Yeah, I would agree. Like one of the things I had to keep reminding myself when I was playing it is to stop judging it as a proper numbered Final Fantasy title. Yeah, I had it's to not just remind that myself. At all. It's just like it's a spin-off, enjoy it for what it is, and then I enjoyed it a lot more. Square Enix hasn't given it that kind of reverence at all. They've very much treated it. I, I guess it's somewhat like a double A or a B list title. It's like this is a spin-off, we've given the license to Teen Ninja and we've very much given them the liberty to kind of go wild with it like and uh, they definitely have and i think it will be polarizing and it, it has been polarizing looking at the review scores like you've seen yeah meg's meg meg loved it but some other people haven't and i think it's perfectly valid but as meg said this isn't a game that you should be taking seriously because it doesn't take its itself seriously 
how obnoxious are these bros? <laughs> They're very much. Oh, Meg, you go, you go. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're not likable. They're not dislikable. Um, <laughs> just neutral likable. Like, oh, I mean, you just you get what you see at face value. You know, Jack's yeah. just walking around like, you know, saying bullshit and putting on his emo music and walking away. Um, it's just all right, Jack. Carry on. <laughs> Basically, the way these three meet, this Jack dude. The opening cutscene is him walking through a field of wheat, and then France and Up just My Way starts playing. And you're just like, oh, cool. Then you have a tutorial, and then it transitions to a cutscene where he's just walking on a path into a town. And suddenly he's, he's holding this rock, and it glows. And he turns around, and there's his two bros. They just hold up their rocks, and they're like, whoa, you're killing chaos? Sick. Guess we're best friends now. And then it's just two weeks later. <laughs> like... The thing I loved about that the bit where he's walking through that that field is it reminded me of gl- that gladiator scene, but instead of this like emotional music track, you're getting Frank Sinatra's like I did it my way. <laughs> they couldn't get Lim Biscuits my way, so they had to settle for this one. That's my that's my oh, with, oh my god, this game. Like I can't tell if it's like self-aware or not. Yeah, it's it's on the verge of being self-aware, but there are still some aspects in its storytelling and world building where I think it's trying to take itself seriously. And like with the yeah. developer interviews that you've seen, when the chaos memes came out, they were almost like, oh, we didn't expect people to rip living piss out of our <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah. Because was why it, really? You... Was it a local- localization issue? Like... Where they handed this game and they realized, well, this is goofy as fuck. Should we just have fun with it? Like, it's it's bizarre. Like, when I, I switched I, it on to play it, within like five minutes, my husband came in and just went, has he said chaos yet? He <laughs> says it like 15 times in the first 20 minutes. He does. And I was like, yes, he has. <laughs> oh, bizarre game. But it's it's charming. I think that's one of the... It is. Defining and in a, weird, in a weird way, like, it's not... I, I don't want to say it's unpolished, but... Again, you're not getting like that level you would get from like say Final Fantasy 16. You know, it's not perfect no. in graphics or anything. And in terms of a it Souls-like, is... it's not Elden Ring or Sekiro. Yeah, it feels janky. But it's still just really enjoyable. <laughs> Let's talk about mechanics. Which button jumps? You can't so jump. It's... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, oh. yeah, you can't. <laughs> JRPG I tried. Men can't jump. That's the movie. <laughs> yeah, I pressed everything. I was like, "There's no jump. There's no map." Meg, tell me about the fighting. Oh God! I mean, I did. I did suck at the fighting. Um, mm. like I am a. We're allowed to swear on this, right? I am a basic yes. bitch, and I stuck with swordsman <laughs> as my main thing, and then I chose white mage. Um, like I, I did. In my second playthrough, I started messing with the jobs more. But when I was playing it through to review, I was just like, I'm just going to stick with what I know. And just, you know, it, the the job system and the combat system, there's like so much to learn if you want to get the most out of it. And like affinities and all this. And, oh, it is it is overwhelming. Mm. It's like all I could think of is it was like when I was trying to learn the junction system in Final Fantasy VIII as a kid. And I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to press all these buttons. There is there. There's a lot of different uh, like weapon options. Like you mentioned, Eric, swords. I've got a really exciting thing to tell you. Okay, this is a loot game. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it is. This is a loot game. Yeah, 
Yeah. How many slots? Six slots? Uh, all of them. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Like okay. a, lot, a, lot, a lot. Basically, even from the first dungeon, you go in, you're opening chests, you're killing enemies, and they're all they're constantly dropping different level gear. And you're, you're essentially encouraged to immediately go into the pause menu, equip that gear, and then attribute the, what they're called, points to your classes. So yeah. it, it feels like the job system, they bleed into one another. Like if you start mm-hmm. using a new class, you will soon unlock a new one. And it, it feels like it's incremental in that regard. And it, yeah, like I'm not too far in, but one of the most fun things like this, much like in Neo, is you're constantly picking up loot that makes you more powerful. Or I think there's a fire outside my door. I like that. Makes bird. you more powerful or makes you want to experiment. More so than the like Elden Ring does. Like, it's really heavy, fast paced. Uh, sick. I like that. Is there like uh, rarity tiers? Yeah, of yes. course there is. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Different colors. Like, that does it all. It's, sorry, I this has just reminded bonuses. me. I, I have yeah. to mention it. Obviously, it's not like your standard like JRPG. You don't walk around the world properly in terms of like a hub town. But oh, you, for your gear, you can dismantle it at the smithy from the world map menu. One other random thing you can do from the world map menu is the like speech option where it's like, Imagine this any other game where you're in like a town and you go up to just random no-name NPC and he's like, oh my god, thanks for saving the world, mate, kind of thing. That's what you get. You can select some random people you've never met from the menu, get a, a brief cutscene of them being like, oh, the wind is working again. And then they that's it. They all say the same thing. Like, it's bizarre. Like, there's no town. You just talk to people via menus and it... Yeah. And then you can choose, like, at what point in the story you're talking to them. So you're like, oh, after I've done this chapter, to see what they say differently. And it's all pointless. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, it was weird. I think one of the things I like most about this game that I also enjoyed about Neo is the majority of stages are level-based. So you select where you're going, what dungeon you want to use, or explore from a menu. And there's very much an end point. There's a boss at the end. And you're often rewarded with loot and can advance the story once you get to that end point. And then you go back to the main menu. Like there's main dungeons, mm. there's there's a, some optional ones and you can replay existing ones. Like maybe at higher difficulties, I'm not too sure. And then that would reward you with more experience and loot if you were so inclined. And I think Neo was quite addicting because it took the souls formula and evolved it with quite a nuanced combat system and exploration and this builds upon that not in not in the most focused or like oftentimes coherent way but it's addicting and moorish and i think as meg said it's just fun does it have any multiplayer yeah yes what is that like i I haven't actually tried it you reviewed it, Meg. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, anytime I tried to go on multiplayer, like before it came out, it was like, there's no room. So I don't know if it was switched off or I was just really unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a case of you can just create rooms by inviting a friend. And then once that room is created, you can select whatever dungeon or level you like to jump into. And I hope like you share loot or maybe it's instance and you get that experience and stuff together anyway, much like in Dark Souls or Elden Ring. But it's oh okay. So wait, you can't summon people or nothing like that. Is is the are the dungeons like separate from an overworld, or is the whole game just like a series of different dungeons? 
Yeah, it's just a series of different dungeons. Gotcha. You get like a world okay. map, and then you enter, like you choose the dungeon you want to go in, and occasionally, instead of a dungeon, it's technically the city, but you're not really going into a city. It's like one room, yeah. and half the time you can't even move around. The world map that, is a That's menu, like the hub. Okay. Okay. What else? <laughs> it, it's, I don't know. I think it's visually it's it kind of takes the first final fantasy and makes it excruciatingly dark like i don't know if mm. i describe this game as like polished or super duper high budget it very much feels like a final fantasy 15 mod like I mean, that's <laughs> the best way to describe it but i think it's there's something quite satisfying about it and a lot of people will look at this and think it's a souls game and, and kind of be turned off by that difficulty even though the final fantasy name is attached but if you play it on the story mode or even action mode which is like the middle one i haven't found it Mm. massively challenging and you've always got two allies with you who are ai controlled you can't control them yourself but there are commands that you can use to increase their or to increase their aggression or perhaps have them attract the attention of enemies and maybe you can run away and heal or provide support from a distance and i think that makes it far more approachable like i'd almost compare it to something like ninja gaiden over elden ring like to be honest like Mm. considering the fluidity of its action and how the exploration isn't like linear or constrained but it's like it's dense enough where you want to go off the beaten path but you always know where you're going like it's very focused and there's an end goal like a beginning middle and an end to each dungeon and the boss is so far, it literally is like whatever person this protagonist needs. He's like, are you chaos? Because it doesn't matter if you're not, I'm here to fuck you up. And that's very much what people <laughs> do. I think people will be turned off by this game or they'll love it. I can't see there being much middle ground. Marmite game. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, though, I agree that it's more approachable. The one thing I... I well, there's more than one thing. I don't say the one thing I really liked about it. Lots of things I liked about it. But... um. Even though it's like, you know, aiming to be Souls-like, is it had this story mode difficulty. You can then, on top of that, enable casual mode. So you could breeze through the storyline if you just want that that story. But, like, on the harder difficulties, it is hard. Like, when you die, you know, you lose some of your maximum MP, and then you, like, drop it, and then you have to, like, go back and get it, kind of, you know, like, Dark Souls style. And then if you die again, you've lost it. And it can be quite brutal on the harder difficulties fun fact the the hardest difficulty is called chaos (laughs) like yeah so what's the deal with these pre-order missions is it true that you can't play some of the game if you don't pre-order no so they basically they they worded it poorly so they said that they wouldn't be available separately but what they actually meant was you can't buy the three missions individually you have to buy the season pass to get them Oh, I see. Okay. Like so they're not yeah, like Alec You can't Hart just missions. go. I want one of three. It's you buy them all or you get none. Or you but what does that have to do with pre-orders? The deluxe edition that gave you early access that um, has the season pass in it. Gotcha. Yeah. And oh, what's so they just listed it wrong? Okay. Yeah, they just. Oh uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> they just worded it very poorly. <laughs> and what does the season pass have? Just new dungeons. 
Um, I don't think they've told us exactly. Like they gave us the three names of the three DLC drops. I would assume it has new dungeons. I am hoping it has more story content because the ending wasn't exactly tied up with a nice bow. Um, mm. So I want to know. <laughs> I need to know. You need yeah. to kill chaos again. And <laughs> uh, Meg, oh, you did an interview with some of the developers, right? Yeah. What was it like talking to them? It was amazing. <laughs> um, but like also scary because like I haven't touched the first Final Fantasy in, in years. Mm. I oh, remember yeah. the storyline, but not like the finer points. And so I was like, oh my God, do I need to like, should I be reading like up on everything? But no, it, it was it wasn't that bad. Obviously, they were because they although the game does use a lot of elements, they they they're like rewriting the book really. So much of it is is mm-hmm. the same but different. But the it was really nice talking to them. I was surprised that they didn't realize that people were gonna you know latch onto the chaos thing. Yeah, <laughs> they did explain that it was because for that first trailer, they didn't want to reveal any story elements. So they were limited in what they could show. And so it was just, you know, how do we present this story without telling the story? Oh, it's just a man looking for chaos. That first um, trailer was garbage. <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously the oh second trailer, they But it revealed... sounds like it represented the game well. <laughs> it, it, it did. The second big trailer obviously revealed that Jack is Garland, who was like, you know, the antagonist of the, the first game. And I almost feel, I wish they hadn't. That would have been a nice thing to have like, organically discovered in the game rather than knowing beforehand and going into it mm. garland is not a villain name like a i good mean guy it like a is if you play that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh i wish i could say i'm gonna play this yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you if you don't it's acquired taste yeah uh, but it sounds like it turned out way better than maybe most of us were expecting. It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. like I only realized this thing was coming out like when Meg got code. I was like, oh yeah, that's out in like a week. <laughs> like that's like, <laughs> like yeah, just kicking it out the door after Elden Ring. Like no one will see. I didn't yeah, know not where a great I time to release RPG. It, but I think it was always going to be a wild card, and I yeah. think it is a wild card. Like even They're though loads of people nets. like it, you're not going to be. You know, it's not one of those universally good games where everyone who plays it is going to like it. But if you if you like Final Fantasy, I would say play it. Nice. Okay. Anything else? Six Go and ten. kill chaos. I don't know. <laughs> Do you kill chaos? Uh, no comment. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite, a favorite part, favorite scene, or something? You want to hint yeah, at it? it's that it's that awful. I can't tell you what it is. It's just the 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 really cheesy bit at the end, and I I enjoyed it just because of how awful it was. I think mm-hmm. I like spoke to myself while sat in a room alone when it happened. Uh, but yeah, I can't tell you what that is. So no no comment. <laughs> you think you're gonna finish this one, Jade? You're you're done with Elden Ring, right? Oh no, I'm not done with Elden Ring at all. That's... You're playing it a second time. She has to finish this so I can talk to her about the like, ending. <laughs> I'm playing it both a second time and like what I didn't see during my review playthrough. And like there's still so much I haven't seen. I'm a yeah. bad games journalist. I didn't finish out of the ring before I wrote my review. <laughs> I don't tell anybody. And you're but playing I'm, Destiny too? I oh 
Eric, we've got too many video games. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing Ghostwire. I'm playing Destiny. I was going to say Ghostwire. I need to get on that. As soon as Axel said cause... that the side missions were like Yakuza, mm. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Ghost, you'll love Ghostwire, Meg. I can see you loving this game. Installing it later. Doing it. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, cool. Well, we we will talk about Ghostwire next week. Next week. Really yeah, coming. I'm not sure what else we got, but um, we will link the Stranger Paradise review, Meg's review, in the interview in the description. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>